This is a production of 1217 Media. Hey y'all, hey, welcome back to my channel. It is Christian here and you are tuned in for more of my two cents. If you are new to the channel, then welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you are a returning to center, then welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me again for another video to engage in some thought-provoking dialogue, some critical thinking, a different perspective on a lot of different topics from deconstruction to um, hot topics in media, church-related and otherwise, in my two cents on all things. Um, because to be completely honest with you, everybody has an opinion, okay? This is just my part of the YouTube-verse to share mine. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in for that. Um, three points that matter most before we start any discussion. I always say them and I always will. Number one, you're not alone. Number two, you're not crazy. Number three, God, your creator still loves you and I do too. Now those points are going to come in um, handy today because baby, I am not alone in my thoughts on Thomas Dexter and I'm not crazy either. Okay. But either way, we're going to talk about it today. Uh, my video is going to be of a different perspective. There have been a lot of um, thought pieces. There's been a lot of um, opinions and things said. We don't know if it is factual or not. We can only make assumptions because, you know, the judicial system gives everyone the, the right to be um, innocent until proven guilty. And so you can get a verdict, you can be condemned, you can receive final judgment in the court of public opinion that will far outweigh usually the opinion of the actual justice system. But right now, social media, uh, mainstream media is in a tizzy over the talk of P. Diddy and T.D. Jakes. Now, T.D. stands for Thomas Dexter. So in this video, I will be referring to him as such. Uh, Thomas probably, <laughs> because um, if you don't know me or you've never watched a video and this is why you're here, I have to tell you that I am about humanizing people. I am not about dehumanizing people and idolizing people. I do not like to give people title, power, and position where they are simply humans first. Before Thomas Dexter was Bishop T.D. Jakes before Thomas Dexter was pastor, Thomas Dexter. Before T.D. Jakes was a world-renowned minister, bishop, pastor, public speaker, um, mentor, coach, uh, spiritual advisor, father, whatever he may be to a lot of people, he was a man. He was a boy. He was a baby to his parents, to his peers, and now to his church members and his fans. <laughs> and I think that it helps in times like this to return to understanding that no matter what a person might call themselves, who they are is ultimately what matters. And anybody can give themselves a title, but if I do not know you in that way, if I do not engage with you on that level in that environment, I am not obligated to address you as such. So if people think that I am being disrespectful, that is your opinion. But I will not be referring to him as Bishop T.D. Jakes because he is Thomas Dexter. This is the human side. These are allegations of a man and a person, possibly with certain interests and desires. 
And I think that removing the bishop from the front is imperative right now because this is when personal character comes into play and not the persona that you guys have fallen in love with and have come to love, support, and rally around knowing good and damn well that this man ain't, <laughs> ain't it's not that far-fetched that any of this stuff is possible. But we don't know for certain that it has happened. So let's start from the very beginning, the allegations. I won't go into too much detail about what the allegations are because it ain't that much detail to give you other than last week, towards the end of the week, it was reported that Cassie turned in some information to the FBI and it also, that information included details and a burner phone that possibly houses pictures, videos, or, or the like of Thomas Dexter engaging in what acts, I do not know. <laughs> I'm not going to say if they're of sexual nature. I'm not sure if they're lascivious acts, deviant acts, um, but it is being reported that he was a part of P. Diddy's, you know, illicit circle that did certain things with people of the same gender. There are alleges that there are male escorts who have stated that they were involved with Thomas Dexter on a sexual level and that he was referred to in the circle as a power bottom. Now, upon doing research, and I'm going to take this video in pieces, right, so that we can go over some key points. What we know right now, I'm talking about allegations. Next, we're going to talk about what he has addressed. Then from there, we're going to go over what it means. And then I want to give my two cents on what I think he should have done. And then what's next. So right now we're in the what we know, you know, section. Um, we know the allegations. We know the connection. And we know what is being alleged by certain parties. We do not know these parties specifically. We just know that it is being alleged that Cassie has turned over information, details, and evidence. And it connects and ties T.D. Jakes to Thomas Dexter to P. Diddy. Now, I'm going to tell you that for me, it is a unfortunate situation. One that I'm going to say I hope isn't true because this is a man who has a family, who has um, done a pretty good job of staying out of scandal. Yes, people have their personal opinions on pastors like him who live certain lifestyles, um, has certain access and has a certain amount of power in the gospel realm. However, I'm going to say these men are man-made. So we can't be too upset with the Thomas Dexters of the world, the Creflo Dollars, the Benny Hens. Um, you can't be upset with these men when they were created by other men and women in church. People want them to be who they are. People need an idol. People need a leader. People need someone to look up to. And if there were not as many people um, uplifting and idolizing and making these people, people larger than life, they wouldn't have the weight that they have. They wouldn't carry the power that they carry and they wouldn't have the influence and highly esteemed status that they carry and they have. And so I don't care about his status and him being a, a well-known pastor. What I care about is whether or not you're living a double life that is contrary to the very things that you're teaching people or that you purport to actually represent 
in order to, you know, be someone that is saved and someone that can benefit from the salvation and the choice of being a Christian and accepting Jesus as their Christ, as their savior. I think that it is important that we remember that people's messages and people's um, lifestyles do not always align. We've seen that time and time again. The thing about Thomas Dexter is that he has been able again to go unscathed from any scandal and keep himself separate as his star continues to rise. And that comes from a lot of training. That comes from a lot of um, advice given legally. And he has had to shape himself into someone that is along the lines of your Oprah's, your Tyler Perry's, your Bill Gates, your Warren Buffett's. He has to rise above a lot of stuff. He may still be on stage or the pulpit and you all may be able to see him on any given Sunday, but he is not as accessible as you would like to think. He is not a common man and we are not aware of what his desires or interests are as a man with a wife or a family. We do not know. And I think that, you know, you know, be it not far-fetched that the allegations may not all be true, but they, uh, they may not all be lies. And we've seen it time and again, especially in church, where these pastors are elevated to these levels, something breaks or happens or comes out about them. And instead of people seeing it for what it is and addressing it for what it is, they create this narrative in their mind that this could not be my pastor. This could not be my bishop. Keep your man, keep your mouth off the man of God. Touch not thy anointed, do thy prophet no harm. You all are okay with saying those things without saying, let's see how this all plays out first. You want to protect the man that you've elevated and created, but you don't also want to protect the gospel that you say you believe in and you stand on. If indeed he has done these things, it would be very, it would be great (laughs) for it to come out as a wash and not true. But in the event that it does come out as true, then you guys have to backpedal and pee pop. (laughs) Okay. Because you stood up for someone who indeed did do the things, but now you standing beside them and you're not going to leave. But just a couple of weeks ago or hours ago, you guys knew that wasn't something that your pastor or bishop would do. But then if it comes out as true, then you guys want to say it's an attack or God is just, I mean, not God, but the, the enemy is just trying to take them down. Well, what does it, what will it take for you guys to open your eyes and to honestly say, okay, this person should no longer have this much power. This person should no longer have this much access. This person actually was walking contrary to what they say they believe and what they put on us to actually practice. Shunning, canceling, it doesn't seem to actually exist in the body of Christ. Canceling doesn't exist in the body of Christ. The church will not cancel anyone because it's almost as if the church needs everyone the body of Christ has such a huge problem with accepting Carlton Pearson's ideology and teaching of inclusion. But then once things go wrong for the pastors that you all idolize, then that's when y'all become inclusive. I'm going to say it again. The church had a problem with the late Carlton Pearson's teachings of inclusion and no hell existing. 
And the moment y'all favorite pastors and leaders and spiritual fathers get caught up in some foolala, some shenanigans, you guys become inclusive. That's when God's grace is sufficient for everybody. That's when God loves covers a multitude of sin. That's when y'all start screaming that don't nobody got a heaven or hell to put nobody in. That's what y'all say. Once y'all pastors and bishops time comes to be up on the stand, to get corrected, to be uncovered, then all of a sudden God is inclusive. So it concerns me, not from the perspective of wanting to see him scandalized or exposed, but because it's not all love before that. But as soon as some stuff comes out, you all start having a whole lot more tolerance for your faves. You guys don't want their names to be evil spoken of. And I don't think that's fair that you only extend grace when you don't want people to get in trouble and they have egg on their face. Selective outrage. That's what that is. So as far as these allegations go, in my opinion, I am going to wait for this to play out. Um, I have my thoughts on, you know, whether or not it could be true. I'm not just, you know, those are. Those are my thoughts. Right. And this is a channel where I do give my two cents. But I definitely know for a fact that more grace is going to be extended if it comes out as true than it ever was extended to anybody else with no scandal on their name. People who try to teach love, people who try to uphold and actually exemplify the grace and the mercy that everyday people should feel, that's not good enough. That's not acceptable. That's, that's out of the question. Everything has to be hellfire, brimstone, condemnation, judgment, correction, um, all of that. But when it's someone that you love and uphold and have listened to their sermons and they've carried you through so many heavy, hard times, now they deserve the grace that they've never given you. Now they deserve the love and the mercy that you were never extended in church, be it their church or another church. It's just always surprised me and always left me confounded that everyday people who are constantly judged and, and heavily put in bondage as far as religion goes, they are the most forgiving people to the people who never did the same thing or extended the same forgiveness and grace towards them. It's like Stockholm syndrome. So as far as the allegations, that's what we know. We know what's being said. We know what he's being accused of being a part of. We know that there are a lot of stories coming out from ex-members who are saying that they've known this for years, that he was involved in things like this that he was same gender, loving or affectionate or interested or engaged with. These are allegations from people from years ago. This is not a new conversation. This is just new information based off of a different situation. But it's not something that's coming up out of the woodworks here. 
And that is what to me is concerning because that means that the church has been aware. But there's never been any accountability to actually care about this person having access, resources, right? And being exposed, other people being exposed to what this person might be able to subject them to. There is no real covering. There is no real, um, what's that word that I'm looking, pro, proactive. There's no real proactive measure to make sure, okay, yeah, this may be the talk around, you know, certain circles, but we just going to roll with it. We're not going to put nobody on them to watch them to see if he really doing this stuff. It's like people, everybody brushes stuff under the rug as if though they are not aware of what the allegations have been for 20, 30 years. And now when it comes out, the church is under attack. No, let me tell you what, what this could be. <laughs> you go from doing it in your personal circles with church affiliates who gonna forgive you because they don't want you to get blasted because that would mean their livelihoods, their lives, their followings, their churches, their power would then be up for grabs or uh, would then be compromised if you went down because they're all attached to you. So they got, they got to have your best interest at heart. But then where it becomes a problem is when you step outside of the church to do dirt. And then when those folks get sprayed, now you're in the midst of that. Now he may have been safe. <laughs> His name may have, it probably would have never come up had he never had dealings with P. Diddy. Because one thing the church is going to do is protect you. One thing the church is going to do is cover you. One thing the church is going to do is keep booking you. One thing the church is going to do is feed you. One thing the church is going to do is clothe you. One thing the church is going to do, defend you, protect you against other people in the church and for show against people outside of it. The church is going to cover its own. It is never going to shun. It is going to judge for sure. You'll feel a little bit of heat on your neck, but you you will still get your check. Now, you can believe that. So these are the allegations. And this is the conversation because of a certain situation that P. Diddy already had unfolding. And I have to ask you to think that out of all of the people that have been at Pub Daddy parties, y'all, out of all the people who have probably been a part of these activities as well, out of all of the people who have probably been witnessed at these events, what makes y'all think? What is the irony? What, is, what are the statistics that the pastor, the bishop, The New York Times bestseller would end up being the one exposed. What is the likelihood, you guys, that we know, we have to know there are other big names involved in stuff like this too, but the one to get uncloaked and exposed is one of y'all favorites? That is not irony. <laughs> but it will still be excused to the high heavens. It will still not be seen with a critical mind. It will still be pushed off and given a narrative of there being a spiritual attack against strong men, Christian men, men of God, 
men of faith, men of families, men of power, men of community, black men. That's not what this is. This is not an attack on anyone or anything. This is an uncovering of things done in the dark and coming to light. But y'all still, you know, there's that. So we got the allegations. That's what we know. What he has addressed, this part is very important because, you know, T.D. Jakes is a man of a lot of words. T.D. Jakes is a powerful orator. And he is well-versed in telling stories. And he is well-versed in being descriptive. He is well-versed in um, exegeting scripture and making sure that he can paint a picture as if though he was in the scene with each person when certain things were unfolding in the Bible. If you've ever listened to an excerpt, a video, even a five-minute clip of him sharing any story from the Bible, that man talks as if though he was there. He will tell you what was going on in a person's mind, what a person was going through, what their emotion was trying to get to Jesus, how they felt after they got the deliverance or the healing, how everybody around them was affected by the happenings and the goings on of the miracle that may have taken place in their life at the hands of Jesus. This man will literally paint a picture so vivid that it will have you believing that you're not even sitting in an auditorium or an arena. That's how well and how good he is at what he does. But I'm going to play his response for you as he addresses some of these rumors. I come to tell you I'm okay. I'm okay because I never told you I was perfect. I never put down nobody. I got my own flaws and my own faults, but I didn't do that. <laughs> that ain't the kind of stuff you forget. <laughs> Come here. I give you time. So that is just a small clip of him addressing it. He went on to say a lot of things at a lot of different points in time in the sermon. There are a lot of clips circulating. You are free to look them up at your leisure and your own disposal. I'm not going to play a compilation of the sermon or him addressing or not addressing the rumors because it started off with him saying that if you came or logged on to see me address some mess, you can log off. But he ended up addressing it anyway, <laughs> because what you're not, you shouldn't, you can't remain silent in matters of this kind of allegation on the table. And my point of playing the video, but saying what I stated before about him being well-versed in words and being a man of powerful speech and a great, profound orator, to hear him talk.
talk about what he didn't do. And if he did, he would remember. And then going on to say other things later on in his speech as his family stood beside him, uh, that he's 66. Now, maybe if I was 36, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means that if he was 36, he might be a power bottom, but since he's 66, he could never. I don't know what it means, but I know that he said a lot of things that to me just seemed like, press pause, Thomas, stop talking. (laughs) You're not saying the right things. You're saying things, but you're not saying the right things. And And it really was giving to me someone that Is always in power, always in control, always knows what they're going to say, always on the mark, always prepared, always ready to, you know, speak and have the the, the voice and the diction of someone in control. And then when it comes time for you to um, defend yourself, it's in jest and in joke. But I am telling you that, hey, we ain't got to read too much into it. We can still let it play out. But there's a lot to be revealed. Be it guilt or proof given or not in that way, but there's a lot character wise to be revealed. And I just, you know, I guess that it should just be a given that people trust men of God. Like we should all trust Brian Karn and we should all trust John Gray and we should all trust, uh, oh my goodness, uh, Jamal Bryant. (laughs) These are people who have all of, all of the proof and evidence that they are charlatans in their problems and they still have mass support, following, and power. That's why this. This concerns me, not because of what may be true, but because of what y'all not going to do. Y'all not going to turn away. Y'all not going to shut it down. Y'all not going to back up. Y'all are going to support regardless of what you find out. There's going to be no accountability, just like there isn't any now. So he addressed the rumors. As well-versed and well-spoken as he was, as he is on a regular basis, we got very basic conversation. There were a lot of moments in his speech for him addressing slash not addressing (laughs) on this sacred day in the pulpit lies when he could be giving the truth. He stated that, um, oh my goodness, I just lost my train of thought, but I, wait a minute, because I know that it, okay, here it is, here it is. There were a few times during his speech and his non-addressing of the rumors where he insulted the intelligence of people. And um, I didn't like that at all. Um, From a psychology standpoint, I was just like, this is gaslighting at its best, at its finest. Um, He stated, sometimes you don't need a statement from me. What you need is common sense. This is what he said verbatim. Sometimes what you need is not a statement from me. You need common sense. 
And he was referring to whatever you may hear, use your common sense to ask yourself, does it make sense that I would do that? Use your common sense to ask yourself if it's true. Use your, use your common sense. You don't need me to say I didn't do it. You just need common sense to know I wouldn't do it. Common sense ain't common and it hasn't been since the creation of this world. Because <laughs> there's a lot of things that common sense should be used and exercised in and it's still just seems to be out of the grasp of so many people. And in this situation, common sense is not going to be at play. You need to speak. You need to say something. And while he said, I didn't do that, I'm going to tell you what he also didn't say. But I'm going to get to that in a minute. So what it means, nothing. He addressed the rumors. What does it mean? Nothing. Men lie, women lie, but evidence and proof doesn't. So we will let this play out. We'll let it play out. Him getting up there and talking about there being terroristic threats against the church and synagogues in America. Him getting up there and talking about having to hire extra detail and security and people with weapons to, you know, protect people at church on this past Sunday. Him deflecting and talking about carrying the weight of a certain government on his shoulders and not having time to play with freaks. His words verbatim, not mine. And I'm not even paraphrasing. He says specifically, when you have the weight of a government on your shoulders like I do, you don't have time to play with freaks. As his daughter dropped her head in the background. Because of what her father said. It's not funny. This is not cute. This is not okay. And it's not over. Okay. So him addressing the allegations (laughs) or not. Him saying he didn't do it. To me means nothing. Now, let me tell you what he should have done. In my opinion, because we are here for my two cents after all. And then I'm going to close after this. I'm going to let y'all go after this. In my opinion, what he should have done, be it false or not, it should have been a hard posture of what people in church would say repentance, but I will say accountability for improper alignment and an apology for even bringing this level of reproach upon a ministry that so many people have followed and have championed over the last three or four decades of his life. For you to get up there and say the things you said to have the, the, you know, the demeanor or whatever, I can't determine how a person should act. But what I can tell you is what I could expect if I was in your church or if I was one of your followers, members or fans, (laughs) I would expect an apology, to be honest. I wouldn't be caping for you until everything came out, but I would expect you to actually apologize for even subjecting the body of Christ to this kind of reproach. 
If you've done all you can for all of these years to keep your nose clean and your name clear, why on this day do we have to take the Sunday before Jesus's alleged birthday to address whether or not you are a power bottom? And this is the posture that nobody requires of your favorite idol to take. And that is the concern. That instead of coming with the heart of apologizing and let me say to you all, I am sorry. As your leader, as your covering, as the head of this house, as the visionary for this ministry, a father to millions across the world, a voice for millions around the globe, that my name would be aligned with something like this. That would call into question the work that we have all done to get here. I apologize to you that you even have to look in the face of family and friends, that you even have to get in the comment section and windmill on my behalf. I'm sorry that that is even the position that you are in because of my improper alignment. But that's not what y'all got. (laughs) You didn't get that. You didn't get that on Sunday. You didn't get that on Sunday. The fact that I decided to be in community with in the space of in an entanglement with someone that would cause my good to be evil spoken of. (laughs) I apologize for that. He ain't never been to none of y'all birthday parties. And how much have y'all probably tithed over the last 20, 30 years? He ain't never been to none of y'all cookouts. He ain't never been to none of y'all New Year's Eve parties. But you had time for a P. Diddy party? Eh, okay. (laughs) This is what happens when you take it from being a mere mortal and human to bishop. Thomas Dexter, 365 days A year you are Thomas Dexter to me because I realize that you are going to make Thomas decisions. You're going to make Thomas decisions when you're not on stage. You're going to make Thomas decisions when you're not in a pulpit. You're going to make Thomas decisions when you're not around the masses who glorify you and make you feel larger than life. You're going to make Thomas decisions when you're walking around with an entourage. You're going to make Thomas decisions when you're talking to your lawyers. You're going to make Thomas decisions. You are. You're Thomas. You're not Bishop. You're a man. And you may have interests and desires that other people themselves would say you would never do, but you yourself know who you are, what you like, what you want, and what you actually engage in. And that for me would have been enough to say, I apologize. But instead we got, I never told you I was perfect. 
and I've never judged anyone else. So to me, sounds like we're setting the ground in the in the, the floor plan for. Well, I never preached against that. I love the LGBTQ plus community. They're all welcome here. <laughs> I never preached against men who cheat, sleep with, step out on. Right. I never preached against that. I never touched that. Probably didn't touch it. Because he was actually being touched by it. And again, I say the very things that Carlton Pearson was disassociated from for, was cut off over, was canceled because of a message of love, grace, mercy, and inclusion. This man literally lost it all because he taught love. He taught that God couldn't care less what you chose. You still was going to make it in. And now y'all got y'all favorite that y'all are okay withholding under the inclusion umbrella today. Okay. So what's next? We wait. We wait. We wait. We'll see. We don't know. Given the access, given the person, given the platform, given the fallout, um, we really don't know what's going to come down the line. Um, it's not something that I think any of us should be checking on every day. Like, oh, let me see if this changed or if there's more information on this. It'll pop up on your timeline like it's been popping up on mine every day. <laughs> Somebody's still talking about it, asking about it. More comments are being added to sections by the second and the minute. People are truly split. I've seen a lot of pastors, um, a lot of churchgoers um, standing in solidarity with him, you know, saying a lot of things and a lot of people making subliminal posts about Y'all sure love to condemn somebody without evidence and without proof. And just because you make a status about it, don't make it true. It's amazing how people in those positions don't mind, again, covering and protecting their own. Instead of saying, we're going to wait and see. Because speaking about and protecting the character of a person you do not know personally, you are not in their mind, you are not in their heart, you are not in their emotions, you are not aware of their um desires or their interests. We just have seen his intellect on display. But we are not aware of his interests. You can be a well-spoken fool seven days a week. You can be a well-mannered clown seven days a week and twice on Sundays and nobody would ever be the wiser. I've seen a lot of correlations or a few rather to the speech that the late Eddie Long gave before his demise. And of course, people are drawing the correlation of the eerily similar uh, similarities to Eddie Long saying all the things that he said, I guess thinking that he was untouchable and that it wasn't going to come out, and indeed it did. <sighs> Sad thing about it is before Eddie Long passed away, he was going to be restored to. He wasn't, I'm going to say this, what's the name wasn't going to have a church if Eddie Long was still alive? Eddie Long was not going, he was going to be able to keep that church. He was. 
new birth, that was going to be his, regardless. If he hadn't passed away, they were not going to be able to put him out of their church. I don't believe that. I believe he would have been restored and it would have been fine. It would have forever been a smear on his name, but that church was not going down like that. And he was not going to sit under Jamal Bryant. That was going to forever be his church and he was going to forever have members. Now y'all can do what y'all want to do with that information. But as we've seen time and again, I've named off some people already who has had things happen and they are still y'all faves to this day because the church doesn't care. They just don't want the world to win. That's it. Now we can judge each other, kill each other, crucify each other from within, but we cannot let the world win. Okay. All right. So that's what's next. We're going to wait and see what happens. Um, Again, whether I think he did it or not, I'll just, you know, keep that to myself. But given the facts and the things that I presented today, critical thinking points, things that are, you know, just something else to consider and to think about and the possibilities of just keeping a free mind that it could be true, that it could be false. Those are both the only viable options here. But one thing that I do not believe is happening is that there is an attack on the church or the men of God. If there's an attack on them, it is being led by their own interests and desires. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's all I got for y'all on this topic in this video. Drop down in the comment section below and let me know what you think about all that is going on. Um, I, I mean, I don't need you to tell me if you think he's guilty or not, but do you too think that his approach should have been one of apologizing for the improper alignment to even have his good evil spoken of? Or do you think that he has a right to be around whosoever he will at whatever party he likes in whatever room that he chooses? Mm-hmm. Yes, let's do that in the comment section below. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. I would love to add you to my Two Cents crew. Until next time, I'll catch y'all later. Bye. This is a production of 1217 Media.